Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hi, I'm Max Green. It's a few weeks ago, and I'm at a construction site in Bridgeview, Illinois, about 15 miles southwest of Chicago. About a dozen union guys are standing around with picket signs. They're not paying the area standard wages and and benefits. We're out here with with pickets protesting that. That's Mike Lowry. Secretary Treasurer of the Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers District Council. The picket seems to be going well. Passersby slow down and take a look. Drivers honk their horns. The workers are getting attention. Especially this one guy here who looks a bit menacing. He's taller than the rest. His skin looks awful. He's kind of got these claws. That's Scabby the Rat. Uh, He's a 12-foot inflatable balloon. Scabby the rat is a sickly yellow color with beady red eyes, a long tail, and festering sores on his stomach. And he's a giant inflatable rat. Sounds kind of hard to miss, right? Curious citizen Philip Williams thought so. I'm a mortgage banker, so I drive around town a lot for my job, and um, that's how I started noticing the rat. These rat balloons appear on picket lines all over the country. The spectacle helps the union to get attention and pressures the company to meet workers' demands. William says he plays card games, and the idea of a union bringing out Scabby to pressure an employer reminds him of playing a trump card. I always think of it as Booyah, the rat, because it just shows up out of nowhere. Which got him wondering, how did giant inflatable rat balloons become a part of union strikes all over the world? As it turns out, Scabby started right here, in Chicago, a city with a lot of union history and pride. To help answer Philip's question, I tracked down the inventor of the world's first Scabby the Rat balloon, a guy named Ken Lambert. Lambert's in his 60s, has a goatee, and has been a self-described union junkie for decades. Lambert says the idea for the rat balloon all started after a tough day on a picket in Chicago's north suburbs. He thinks it was late 1989 or early 1990, and he remembers leaving the protest feeling bummed. I'm thinking, man, we're not getting anything here. This is not working. Despite their signs and spending the whole afternoon making noise, people were not taking notice. So I'm driving back home. It's 5.30 on 294. I don't know what's going on, but it's bumper to bumper. We're going two miles an hour, if that. Then Lambert looks up and sees a sign from above, literally a billboard for a company in Plainfield, Illinois, called Big Sky Balloons. He remembers a big pink inflatable gorilla pictured on the ad. I look, I says, man... I wonder if they have a rat. You know, so I call him up. Lambert says he immediately thought of a rat because he knew it had been used as a union symbol for a long time. For most people, the term rat sounds like mafia parlance, referring to an informer, someone who's secretly working with the opposition. But for unions, a rat usually means an employer who's using non-union labor. And a scab is a person who crosses picket lines to work after the union as a whole agrees not to do that. So, Scabby the Rat. You get it. 
So Lambert's driving, and he calls up the balloon makers, right then and there, in the middle of traffic, using a clunky 90s precursor to a cell phone. I says, do you guys have a rat? He goes, what? A rat, an inflatable rat. Like, you know, he goes, no. I says, I got another question. Can you make one? Of course we can. Peggy O'Connor co-owns and helps run Big Sky Balloons in Plainfield. When Lambert called, it was her husband, Mike, who answered the phone. I remember him saying, there's a guy who wants a rat balloon, and he wants it really ugly with big, big, ugly teeth. Okay, (laughs) you're the designer. So the balloon makers were game. Lambert hangs up with them and immediately calls his good buddy and fellow labor organizer Don Newton. Newton died a couple years ago, and Ken credits his friend with helping bring the balloon to life. The two of them started to spitball ideas. At first, they thought big, a blimp, one they could float above job sites where they'd be picketing. And they call Big Sky Balloons to tell them that idea. He said, well, that'll cost you huge money. That's about 20 grand. Way too expensive. They scaled down their idea, a big inflatable rat. The guy at the balloon company sends over a drawing, and it's, well, it's a cute rat. And it showed a rat on kind of a ball. I'm like, no, that ain't going to work. Back to the drawing board. We were making drawings of rats, getting pictures of rats, had the uh, alley stickers from the city of Chicago with, you know, rat poisons out. <laughs> and this went on for a couple of weeks, maybe two, three weeks. Finally, they came up with a design that worked for everyone. It cost $1,200 to make, the union agrees to buy it, and Big Sky Balloons gets to work making it. One day he called the office and he's, he says, your rat's ready, come get it. And the next day, Scabby went to work at a picket at the University of Chicago. And right away, the rat seemed to get the job done. The boss was standing there, and he is shaking his head. He's hot. He's upset. They were not pleased. Scabby was getting people riled up, and that was the goal. But Lambert says he knew it was going to be a real success when... A woman came up with her three kids, and she goes, Can we get our picture taken? I says, Absolutely. Lambert says for the next couple years, everywhere Scabby went, he drew more and more attention, first around the Midwest, then around the country. Scabby's popped up in New York, Washington, D.C., Minnesota. The humble rat balloon that started out here in Chicago more than 25 years ago has also jumped across oceans to the U.K., Australia, China, and the Philippines, just to name a few. And he's gone on a lot of adventures. One time Scabby the rat was stabbed, Yes, someone actually got so angry they knifed the balloon. He's been arrested. Well, more like confiscated, but the guys who were with him got arrested. Scabby's been sued a number of times and taken to the Supreme Court. Most recently, he's become a weapon of sorts in a balloon arms race in New York, pitted against management's inflatable cat. Still, for all the attention the balloon gets, it's hard to measure quantitatively how effective Scabby is at pressuring employers to cave and give unions what they want. But our questioner, Philip Williams, says it seems effective. Anytime he sees a rat balloon, he stops and considers the fact that right there on a street corner in Chicago, people are battling for fair treatment. It's almost like uh, score one for the little guy because there are times when workers need to tell everybody that things aren't going right. Lambert, the guy who came up with the idea for the first balloon, isn't sure himself how effective Scabby is at getting management to meet union demands. But he says the important thing is what the rat does for people on the picket line, even now, 25 years after Scabby's debut. Strikes are all about endurance, and when Scabby's out, people take more notice. They tend to honk and wave more often, and that can mean a lot for morale and for the cause. 
in a way, it's humbling to see it. You know, yeah, all right, you know, put up your fist. Don't back down. Reporting came from me, Max Green. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City, when neo-Nazis set up headquarters in a Chicago neighborhood, some people embraced their message of segregation. This is our community, this is our neighborhood, and we're going to keep it our neighborhood. Others opposed them in the courts or in the streets. Only thing that hateful people understand is to beat the living hell out of them. Street fights, legal battles, segregation, and the man who set up Nazi barracks in Chicago. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.